Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to the coaching staff, episode number 48. And we are essentially at the end of the summer, so Tony and I thought it would be a good idea to talk about what you should be looking back upon and how to measure your summer and whether or not it was successful or not. Uh, And so uh, that's what Tony and I are going to talk about here for the next little while amongst the other random things that may or may not come up as we go through it. So Mr. Viss, how are you this fine Sunday evening? I'm doing well. Um, You know, it's been kind of a laid back weekend. How about yourself? Uh, It's been solid. Um, A lot of preparations for um, the rest of the week, the next two weeks, basically. I I spent the entire day doing that. We'll kind of talk about that a little bit later. Uh, But uh, yeah, spending kind of the day doing that and watching some of my kids play in AAU and getting stuff done around the house. Yeah, it's just, you know, we're we're really keeping the listeners locked in with this type of stuff. Your dog sitting, my packing. It is it is excitement personified for us middle-aged men. Yes, it's, it's middle-aged men life. <laughs> well, I didn't tell you I, my dad came over and we uh leveled out my my uh stairs in the back in, in preparation <laughs> for grandkid camp. I forgot to drop that nugget. Oh. Good luck with that. Oh, leveling those stairs—that's that's that's that's, uh, that's exciting stuff. Oh. Don't want the crew to go tumbling down the stairs, or it could be the last grandkid. You know. <laughs> you, uh, you didn't get too wild and crazy and and edge your lawn around the sidewalks, did you? No, no, just leveling the stairs today. I'm not not going not going that extreme. Not yet. going whole hog. No, no, we got till the I think the twenty seventh is when it starts. So I uh, got a little bit of time. Yeah, you got a little bit of time to put the amusement park together. Yes, yes. <laughs> there you go. Well, episode number forty eight, uh, measuring your summer success, Tony. I legit, I could only find one semi and I would put the emphasis on semi significant athlete with the uniform number forty eight. That surprised me a little bit because I know last week with 47, we had more than I thought we would. I thought we'd have a handful of 48s, but as I'm sitting here and trying to think about it, I don't know if I could tell you a 48. Well, we're gonna, it's a good number. We'll give it a go here. Um, one, I, I literally only have one person uh, that I felt was worthy of our attention because, you know, our attention is so worthy, full, yes, for, yes. worthy, full. We are wor- they are worthy of our attention. I don't know. Um, baseball player, center field. Nine, I think probably more aughts. 90s and aughts. Okay. Center fielder. American League, National League. American League. American League Central. Okay, so we're talking White Sox, Cleveland, Detroit, um, Kansas City. You have not named the one franchise. There's, are there five in the American League Central? Yes. There's five in, no, yeah, yeah. White Sox, Tigers, Indy, or, I'm sorry, Guardians, um, the Royals, and... And? 
crap. And some people, if they really knew us, Chad Angel would say that we are kind of like this. <laughs> the Green Bay Immatures. <laughs> Ooh. Um man. This is some the, the, the land of Paul Bunyan. I don't know how you expect you get to play her if you can't even find the oh, franchise. So we're talking twins. There you go. Okay. 48 for the Twins, because I always think when I think center fielder of the Twins, we're talking Kirby Puckett, but that's it's before that time. After that. Wouldn't be Byron Buxton, would it? No. That's probably too recent. So we're looking at a Buxton, Kirby Puckett in the middle. Yes. Between the two. <sighs> Man. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna tap out on this one. I cannot. Nine time gold glove winner, two times Tory Hunter? Tory Hunter. There you have it, sir. Tory Hunter is the one uniform number forty eight. Yeah. So that's all we have to work with this week, buddy. So okay. yeah. He was pretty good. Yeah, oh yeah, he was really good. Uh yeah. all star, multiple time all star, you know, but uh you know, really good but not Hall of Fame good. No. Yeah. No, he's Area code of it, but yeah, yeah. definitely not not going to make it to Cooperstown. Yes, correct. So, all right, Tony, measuring your summer success. Uh, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and get started with this. Um, okay. and, and I think this is something that I've really over my years. I think that I've become really really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Is you know you could tell your kids. And we do various different things. We meet with our kids uh, during the during the spring. Uh, we give them three things that we think they're doing really, really well. Here's the one thing that we really, really want you to work on in the off season. Uh, we're not going to try and fix everything. Let's just really narrow it down to this one thing and really work on this. Uh, but I, I think as I've gotten older, it used to be just well, you know, go out and get better, and mm-hmm. and that that is not necessarily a valid argument. And I so I think the thing that I want to lead with is if you do not have a tangible system for tangible measurement, then you're in trouble in this day and age, in my opinion. In my opinion. I, I think you have to have some sort of system for keeping track of shots or and and, and you know we could go into what we do uh, in our system a little bit later, but I think that in this day and age with parent issues, with player issues, with all the different things that we have going on, obviously your best player is going to be your best player. But on most teams, you're going to have a pretty big gray area between 6 and 10 or you know 4 and 11 or whatever it may be. And you're going to have to make decisions and, and your people are going to you know at some point want your reasoning for this. And, and so I think that any tangible information, uh, hard analytics that you can have to put in, uh, you know, to, to have in front of you to help justify and rationalize what you're trying to do, I think is really, really important. I think it's important that you are able to show your players that you have something in place that, yes, what you are doing on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, we are tracking, we are keeping track of it, uh, and it is important to us that you hit certain benchmarks here in order to compete at a high level. 
So I wanted to lead with that, Tony. Yeah, I think that's really good. Uh, we have a couple different things in place with that. Um, one of the things that, that John started off doing in the you know at the beginning of the summer was measuring their verticals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we towards the be, towards the beginning of June did a lot more like station stuff, and one of you know a couple of them were jumping stations, and so uh, that was one of the things that he was measuring with some of the guys to to take a look at these stations are they improving and uh you know he had even started to do it with some of his own sons and i know they had they were doing it pretty consistently and had some pretty pretty considerable gains i think like five or six inches improvement in their vertical leap um and then another challenge that he issued and i think this was more the month of june i haven't seen it uh being posted as much in the month of july was who got the most shots up each day. Mm-hmm. And so he would put that out there and kept track, um, you know, with different things along those lines. And we had guys that would come in and get 500 shots up in a day. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and we had, you know, multiple different guys that were, were would win different days and things like that. And so it was it was very good, very competitive. And so those were things that I thought were, were very important. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing that, you know, I think is also important in maybe in, in measuring your success, how many people are coming in, Yeah, you know, and I, I know for some, you know, it's hey, summer doesn't count, you know, as far as if it's highly recommended, but it's not required, that type of thing. Um, but one of the things that we do from time to time is we will take a tennis to see how many different guys on our roster are coming in mm-hmm. and you know, I'm going to have a roster of, of somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to mid 30, somewhere in that area. And we saw, I think mid twenties, maybe upper twenties of our going to be sophomores came in this summer. Mm-hmm. And so I would put a huge check mark that way now in terms of success. But one of the things that I'm going to be having a conversation, I hope uh, with, with some of our guys that, that were also playing multiple sports. Cause we have some guys that are, you know, baseball guys. And I was the only state in the union that plays summer baseball. Yep. Uh, we have football guys and they're working out three times a week with football. And then, you know, we have others that are cross country, you know, golf, whatever the case may be, but we played 23 games in the month of June. And I want to have a conversation with them in terms of the, you know, how much pressure they felt to be at stuff and then the amount of stress that it put on them with being at baseball, with being at football, with being at basketball and just are we in a healthy balance or do we need to cut some things back? Yeah. One of the things kind of piggybacking on that, Tony, is uh, I've already talked to our boys coach and when we get back together with our teachers meetings in three or four weeks, whenever, whenever it is, you know, we want to try and carve out 20, 30 minutes and just kind of go through our summers. Hey, what did, you know, are we good with our schedules? Are, you know, what did you do that you like this summer? Here's something that we did this summer that I really liked. Uh, if you want to borrow that idea, feel free. If you think it stinks, don't worry about it, you know, type of mm-hmm. a deal. And, and I think that reflection, that immediate reflection, uh, and, and, you know, if, if John chooses to do that with your with your girls coach at Kennedy, you know, that's I think that's a great idea. But just, you know, having that immediate thing and, and trying to get some immediate feedback from your kids as well. Uh, you know, what did you think of it? How did you feel about it? Did you feel overwhelmed? Because I think I know I know I feel this way. Uh, I worry about how much commitment we ask from our kids. I know that we have to do it. I know that most kids want to do it. 
uh, but you also want to keep that life balance, even at mm-hmm. four, even at 14, 15, 16, you know, uh, you, they need time to be teenagers. They need time to go on vacations, you know, and, and 24 hours is a long time, but you, you want to, you want your kids to come back in to the fall. And, and I, you know, this was something I was going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, did your kids have a great experience? And I think it's important that you talk to your kids about that, you know, the the intangible part of it you know we talked a little bit about tangibles and we'll talk more about tangible measurement but i think the intangible measurement is you open yourself up for hey you know billy what did you like about the summer is there anything that you really really liked what what was really fun is there anything that you didn't enjoy it and and listen really really well communication uh is is both talking and listening and give your give your players an opportunity to talk about their experiences and how they felt about your summer what your what you did as a program and make sure that that summer experience whenever you wrap up that last summer workout they're anxious to come back whenever you start again you know for us it won't be until late october because pretty much every kid that I coach in our school. They're going to be either they're going to be running cross country. They're going to be doing softball. They're going to be playing volleyball. I literally have nobody to work with until all of those fall sports are wrapped up. So we're not going to get back together till then. Uh, for you, Tony, it, it'll probably be earlier because you're going to have kids that aren't playing football or cross country that you're going to have a little bit more of a specialized type of kid because you're in a bigger school. Uh, but but whenever they come back, you want them excited coming back instead of dreading coming back and i think that's an that's an intangible we're going to talk a lot about tangibles i think as we go through this tony but that's an intangible that i think is really important yeah you know if you go and you were to ask kids hey why do you play sports the number one answer they're going to give you is because it's fun Mm -hmm. now i think in terms of fun it's not like this goofy sophomoric type of fun you know but but there has to be that element to it as well because you're asking, like you said, we ask a lot of our kids, like we were working out four times a week, um, you know, and then we played, like I said, in the month of June, we played 23 games. And so, you know, we're, we're busy. We ask a lot out of our kids, um, and, but we want them to have fun. And the one thing I thought that was very important that you talked about was communication. You know, I think God gave us one mouth and two ears for a reason. We're supposed to listen twice as much as what we talk. And when you ask those questions of your kids, and I think that's that's a key demographic that you have to get. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great that you and your, your boys coach are going to talk. But I also think, you know, we've got to make sure that we're listening to the clientele that it affects the most. And that is the player. That is the athlete. Yep. Um, and, and listen to what they're going to what their responses are, too. And I think that's very important. And then another point that you brought up, you, know, you mentioned you wouldn't get back together with your guys until or your gals, I'm sorry, until late October. We'll, we'll do some open gym stuff before that. I think our rules are a little bit different in Iowa than what it is in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we intentionally do is we go pretty hard in the summer and our fall, I wouldn't necessarily call it light, but it's fairly light. And the part of that is because we know when we hit the month of November, what we're going to ask from them from November, you know, the varsity is going to hopefully end up going until March um, through, you know, end of February uh, is, is quite a bit. And we want them to come into the season, you know, uh, with with a healthy approach to what we're doing, knowing that we're going to go 
you know, we might give them a few Saturdays off here and there, but for the most part, we're going six days a week for a number of weeks in a row. Yeah. And so we, we know that we want them to still like each other uh, during that crucial month of January. Mm-hmm. Coaches, do you want to look good? Pfft, stupid question. Of course you want to look good. We all want to look good. You know what's the best way to look good? Buying yourself some a pen and a napkin merchandise. We've got some really, really good looking stuff here. We've got t-shirts and sweatshirts, and you are not going to regret picking that up. T-shirts are $22 a piece. Sweatshirts are $30 a piece. If I need to mail it to you, it's just $5 shipping and handling to get this good looking stuff out to you. Coaches, I appreciate all that you've done for me over the last three years or so with a pen and a napkin. I hope I've been able to help you out. Might as well come out and help out the Twitter handle and the podcast by ordering some a pen and a napkin merchandise. And like I said, you get to look good. If you're interested in ordering, you can DM me on Twitter at a pen and a napkin, send me a direct message, or you can email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, and I'll get you those ordering details so that you can order some a pen and a napkin merchandise. One of the things, and you brought this up, Tony, is attendance. And I think if there's anything, it's the simplest thing that you can keep track of, just being there. And, and so in, in our point system, the number one thing is, is attendance. And, mm-hmm. and, and so we go, we give five points for just being there. Because my philosophy is, if you're there, just by osmosis, you're going to get better. You can't get better if you're sitting on your couch watching TikToks and eating Doritos. You just, you just can't. Uh, but trust me, I've tried. And just kidding. I don't watch TikTok. Uh, but you big Doritos, Kylo. Nacho cheese. Not so much the Cool Ranch. <laughs> Sorry. 16 minutes and 55 seconds. That's uh, not bad for us. Not bad. Uh, but we give five points for attendance. Uh, Four points is our strength and conditioning. So, you know, open gym session, five points. Strength and conditioning, four points. And those are our top two things because if you are there and you are at strength and conditioning consistently, then we're going to get better. You're going to get better. And if you're going, if you're getting better, we're going to get better. And so for me, everybody talks about these different abilities that you have to, that you have, you know, what's the most important ability to me, the most important ability is availability, because if you're not out there, it doesn't matter. It, it does not matter. You can have all these other abilities, but if, and again, I'm just painting with a broad brush here. Uh, if, if you're Kawhi Leonard and you never play, or if you're, you know, because you're injured, you know, it doesn't matter what everything else that you bring to the table. So, uh, so that's that's the way that we look at it, and so we have our we have our point system. We have five four, and then if you win a team competition during an open gym, it's three points. If you win a shooting competition, it's two points. If you win a free throw competition, it's one point. And we keep track of all of that stuff, and we put it together, and we call it our Pioneer Cup, and we we rank all our kids at the at the end of the at the end of the summer. We total all these points up and. And whoever wins, uh, we, we have a plaque that their name goes on. They get their own personal plaque, you know, summer 2023 Pioneer Cup champion, you know, Mary Jones. And 
and we make a big deal out of it. And then we also have, um, we call it our wall of honor, where, you know, if you finish in the top three of the Pioneer Cup, you're on the wall of honor. If you make 100% attendance to our team camps, you're on the wall of honor. If you make 90% of the strength and conditioning sessions, you're on the wall of honor. And we have five or six different avenues that kids can get on the wall of honor so that we can, you know, we, not everybody's going to have the same role. We, we're, we're not just going to say, hey, you know, you've got to make 10,000 shots or you're not going to be on there. Well, we may have a kid that's going to come out and really takes basketball with a lot of pride, but their number one is, let's say, softball. So, and, and they're, they want to be a division one softball player. So they're playing a ton of softball. They don't have as much time to shoot, but they want to be part of it. But they're at the, they're in the, the weight room every day. They're doing strength and conditioning every day. So we're going to reward that kid with being on the wall of honor because they're putting in that time. And so that's the system that we use to kind of put that carrot at the end of the stick. Uh, every kid that makes the wall of honor, I get them a sweatshirt. Uh, we get them a picture. We take a picture with everybody in their sweatshirt and we give them that. We give them a couple of other little things along the way. And it's really, you know, uh, it's become a point of pride, but it also helps us measure our summer. I think last year we had, between our junior high and high school program, we had 16 girls on the wall of honor. And I think we have a great chance of easily moving past that number this summer if if we get the the paperwork back from the girls that that really shows that they did that so that's that's our biggest thing that we use to ta- do our best to tangibly measure our summer activities and and it's worked well for us it takes a little bit of math and as a history teacher that's a little bit shaky at times but i i think it's about as good a system as you can come up with to help measure that and try to have as many different variables taken care of to measure all that stuff out. I think it's a great thing uh, what you're doing because, you know, it's one of those things where you've got, you know, a tangible thing that you're measuring with them and for them because, you know, if kids come in and they commit, they're going to get better. And Mm -hmm. the part that I really liked is how you work with your multi-sport athletes, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think that's a part of what high school is about. High school is about, you know, being able to do a lot of things so that as you continue down that road, you know, collegiately or whatever the case may be, and that funnel gets smaller, you've been able to experience a lot of things. And one of the things I thought that you brought up that was so very key there was the fact that, hey, if this kid wants to be a Division One softball player and they're in the weight room, that's going to help them get better for softball, but it's also helping them get better for their other sports mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, you and I, uh, you know, have worked a lot of Bill Finley camps in the past, and that's that's one of the speeches that he gave a ton was one of the best abilities and, and probably the most important ability is availability. You have to be there in order to, to be able to participate and mm-hmm. be able to make a difference. And so I, th- I, I like that as well. And mm-hmm. so those were all really good things in terms of the wall of honor and how to get on there and things like that because you're not haphazardly doing this there has to be a rhyme and a reason and intentionality behind it and marty i would just ask ask this question i I already know the answer but what's more important to you your summer or your fall in terms of that next step getting ready for the season which one do you put more emphasis on oh the summer we have to just because we have such not even close yes it's it's such a narrow window we will have probably of you know two weeks of i'm going to use air quotes tony conditioning and at that point most of my kids just because of the nature of our school 
And, and again, everybody's situation is different. I'm just, I can only talk about the situation that I'm in right now. Uh, the, the nature of, of our school is most of my kids are probably not going to touch a basketball until we get going those couple of weeks before. Now, we try to do some stuff. We don't do anything in August. We don't do anything in September. In early October, we start what we call our breakfast club, which I've talked about before, two days a week, Tuesday mornings, Thursday mornings. Uh, we go from 7.30 to 7.50. They, they do this in their street clothes, uh, in, their, in, in their school clothes. They come in in their school clothes. There's, there's no changing out or, or any coaching at all. And, and they've got 20 minutes to make 20 free throws and 20 jump shots. Whether If, if they're a perimeter player, try to make 23 pointers in those 20 minutes or if they're an interior player if if their shooting range is more limited i guess we'll, we'll call it that they've got to make mm-hmm. 20 15 footers so they've got to make 40 shots in 20 minutes that's the goal we have our own scoring system for that whole thing as well and we divide our kids up into teams and and we have some fun. We call it the breakfast club. One of the things i give them i i whichever team wins i order them um Breakfast Club, the the movie. I get some retro T-shirts from Amazon.com. Great movie. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we we give those to them, and they're the Breakfast Club champions. And I buy them breakfast at some point in the near future. You know, we sit down with those five or six girls that that win the Breakfast Club. So uh, that's that's about all we can do. And even then, it's a limited, a little bit limited. And I d- always defer to our fall coaches. Hey, if you've got a volleyball match that night and you don't want them to come in and shoot, just let me know. Okay. Uh, but quite honestly, they're not doing a whole lot. They're just standing and shooting. So it's, it's really not that big a deal. I do try to kind of put that plug in a little bit. Uh, but you know, the, 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 the summer is way, way more important. Now, when I was at my old job, when I was at Scott, about half our kids didn't do a fall sport. So we would start kind of lifting as an organized group a little bit after Labor Day, probably the week after Labor Day, and then we'd start kind of doing some more stuff. But we, we just don't have an opportunity to get a ball in our hands very much in the fall. So when we do have those couple of weeks of conditioning before the season starts, it's basically get some shots up, play some pickup games, get up and down so that you know, not everybody's health and safety in the gym is at risk the first day of practice because the basketballs are flying around like that. So mm-hmm. that's that's what we do. So yeah, I mean, and that's what I thought you you know the answer would be is the fact that the summer is way more important from a standpoint of the progress and stuff that you can make. And one of the things that we talk a lot with our guys about is that hey. Great players are made from March to November. Um, And a lot of that great player thing has to be an intrinsic thing where you are motivated to be in and to do your thing. Great teams are made from November to March. And, you know, that's when when we ratchet the team stuff up. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's super important that summer. And one of the other things, and and again, we've talked a little bit about this on here as well, um, that we measure our success by, and and we don't put a ton ton of... uh, credibility on this is how much we win you know we we want to play to win but at the same time it's about giving different people opportunities and yeah. you know there were a couple there were a couple dates this summer where i had 20 guys and i just couldn't get all 20 in in a game you know it, it's hard to play 
thir- 12, 13 people in a game. And there were times we were getting 15, 16, and 17 people in in a game, but there were a couple nights I just couldn't get everybody in. Yeah. And one of the things that you take a look at there is, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what we were been talking about in terms of opportunity and getting different uh, groups out there that maybe aren't in those situations and stuff. But you measure some of your success by the fact, are you winning some of your summer games? You know, it's yeah. just, it's just the, the nature of the beast, if you will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that was important. I felt like it was important for us this summer to win games. I, 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 you know, without saying it. Now, we didn't live and die by whether we, well, we won, so we, you know, it was great, or we lost, and we're, we're terrible now. Uh, my favorite game of our summer, I think I told you this, Tony, uh, was when our, after our bus broke down on our barnstorming tour, mm-hmm. and we quote unquote lost that game, but I didn't care because we were stuck on a, on a bus on the side of I 80 for an hour and a half, and we went in. And we competed our tails off. And I really feel like that was such a telling statement about my players and what they did uh, or what they are capable of doing because they very easily could have just, okay, let's just go through the motion so we can go to the pool and swim. Um, they, they did not do that. They went out and competed like crazy. And that was that was my favorite. And we... we, we lost that game by I think six or eight points but I, you know that's what I was looking at you know we I you know according to the games we went like 14 and four this summer and that's a that's a great number it's a number that we haven't achieved in a long time and we needed to go out and bank some wins to have our kids feel like winners because we haven't won uh double digit games in six years in our school you know so uh that was that was important for us, and we beat some good teams along the way. And we beat, uh, I felt like we we took some pretty good teams and beat up on them pretty good. So hopefully that's an indication of where we're headed. But that's not going to matter diddly poo come November fifteenth. It's it's just simply not. But we feel good about ourselves coming out of it because we did win a heck of a lot more games than we lost this summer. So um, I've got one more thing. Do you have anything else, Tony? I'm good. Okay. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about was, did you, you, you all set pre-summer goals? Did, did, you, did you and John or did you and the staff or whatever, uh, did you talk about anything that, any, you know, two or three things that you guys wanted to accomplish this summer, Tony? You know, one of the things that I, I mentioned earlier is just one of the guys to get a lot of shots up. Uh-huh. That was that was probably our biggest goal that we set as a staff is we just wanted them to come in uh, and get a ton of shots up. Uh, we wanted them to have fun. Mm-hmm. That was that was something that we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and we wanted to get better. And yeah. that goes back to what you were talking about in terms of availability. If you're there, you know, even you know the limited amount of basketball knowledge that I have, you're going to get better just by being there. But those were kind of the the three goals that we had in go in place going into the summer. Yeah. So so yeah, we had. We had one goal that we shared with the girls, and then we had two other goals that I kind of had privately. Um, the The one goal that I shared with the girls and that I really emphasized throughout all our skill sessions was we need to be the best practice team in the state of Nebraska. Now, that's an intangible thing. We we cannot go around and say, okay, we're we're a better practice team than Millard West or, or UTAN or, or St. Paul or whomever it may be. We can't tangibly do that, but in our mind, we have to come out and act like we – are going to be the best practice team in the state of Nebraska. And we that's basically the first thing I said to them this summer. That's what I started our team camp with. 
Um, and I feel like we did that. And then we wanted, like I said, we wanted to bank some wins. We, we felt like it was important for us to, to turn the corner in that regard. And then to, to play with an attitude, especially a defensive attitude. And, and we really wanted to emphasize our pressure defense. And I know that our pressure defense probably is not going to work as well during the season as it did in the summer, in large part because teams are going to be sharper. They're going to have their press breaks in. They're going to scout it. They're going to prepare for it, et cetera, et cetera. But our kids really now, I feel like, really believe in the full court basketball that we want to play because we really emphasized it. And, and we said, this is if we play with our hair on fire on defense, we got a chance to do some special things. And so... What I think is my my point being with this is those are the goals that we set. Those are the goals that you guys set at Kennedy. Are you looking back on your summer and do you feel like you've accomplished those goals at the end of your summer? And I feel really good about what we've done. I, I don't know where you guys are at, Tony. Um, that's up for you you all to figure out. But I think that's another important thing that you need to do as a coach is to take your two or three pre-summer goals and now look back on them and say okay how'd we do and and hopefully you went through your whole summer workout sessions and team camps and all these other things and those of you that still have team camps left to go finish those out strong uh but did how did you do on those things that you set for yourself and you set for the program those are those are great points and i'm going to go back to where you were talking a little bit about your defensive pressure and one of the things that I do with my group intentionally is we are known in our program for the type of defense that we play. It's kind of a unique type of defense that we play. And I make my guys play half-court defense in the summer. And I know for some it's it's frustrating because that's not how we play during the season. We're very much a full-court defensive team, you know, uh, run and jump, rotate, that type of thing out of it. But what I do is I don't want my guys winning games in the summer because of our ability to press. Because like you were saying, um, teams don't have their press break in, they might not have their guards and things like that. But John, on the other hand, they get after it full court the entire time. And it's not uh, it's not two different philosophies. John just has, like when they get into the season for seating purposes and different things like that, they've got to hit it from, from right from day one. Well, we have more of an opportunity where we can kind of ease into that thing a little bit, and we'll spend probably the first you know three four weeks of the season getting that press ratcheted up and dialed in and stuff because it's it's something where in the summer you know you're kind of hitting this with the guys that are there. Their attendance might be sporadic, and if you don't have your guys consistently, it's a really tough press to pick up. And so we just intentionally push it off to the side and then we'll be ready to roll with it come November. Yeah. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin video library. You know who else is ready to roll with it, Tony? They roll all the time with a worldwide tour. Europe. 
They are ready to roll. They are who they are. They are Europe, and they are awesome. It is time for the coaching staff trivia question of the week. Mr. Viss, it is your turn to dole out the trivia question. What do you got for me? All right. In honor of the WNBA All-Star break and festivities and all that that took place uh, this past weekend, um, we saw Sabrina Inescu put on a shooting performance for the ages. I believe she knocked down 25 out of 27 threes, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was. And at one point made 20 in a row, which is the three-point marksmanship record. What other professional player held the record of 19 in a row before Sabrina took and raised the bar even higher? Wow. I'm going to go in the Wayback Machine, Tony. Craig Hodges. Bingo. He had 19 in a row. Did I really get that right? Yeah. Seriously. Oh, my gosh. That was, that was, I promise you, that was not a Google, that was a no nothing. Seriously. I really got that right. That's impressive. Yeah. Wow. Gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm flying high. I, I, that's it. That's it. No more trivia questions. Really? When did he do that? It had to be about like 87, 86, 87. Uh, yeah, I was going to say late 80s. But I just remember uh, it was all over the Twitterverse yesterday after you know, she hits 25 out of 27, including 20 in a row, that Craig Hodges had the previous make record of 19 in a row. But I, I don't know if I caught the year. I'm going to be honest with you. That's the first time I've thought about Craig Hodges in probably, I don't know, three or four days. <laughs> he could shoot it a little bit. Oh, yeah. He could, he could really shoot it. So. Uh, he would be even better in today's NBA. He probably, oh yeah, he he would probably average about fifteen a game in today's NBA. You know, the space and pace, and he would sit in that corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be all right. So, I can't believe I got that right. I I am. I'm impressed. I I'm impressed, Baxter. You ate a whole <laughs> wheel of cheese. <laughs> oh, speaking of being impressed. It is time for this week in basketball. Uh, let's you, you, you want to start WNBA, Tony? Yeah, let's go WNBA. Yeah, so we, we talked about Sabrina, uh, and, and I rewatched that this afternoon. I mean, she was just, I mean, just the, she knew she was in the zone. You could see that just that, that release point was absolutely perfect every single time. That was that was fun to watch, man. That was mm-hmm. fun to watch. So um, we had the WNBA All Star Game. Uh, it was like a thousand to nine hundred and fifty was the final score, something like that. Um, uh, well, I thought I thought. Um, did you see Holly Rowe? Um, Asked her, you know, how did you how did you shoot it so well, or something like that? And she goes, "I practice." <laughs> that, was her, that was her first thing that she said. I practice. I practice. Uh, I, okay, I thought that was that was a pretty fair I response. To, yeah, that, that, yeah, pretty fair response to a pretty dumb question. So yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, what you what you uh, what you think of the All Star game? You know the the talent level in the WNBA is crazy. I yeah. mean, if you go through and take a look at some of their cuts, 
they're cutting at times like the fourth overall overall pick or the second overall pick. And I know uh, the Collier girl from Texas was the number one overall pick, and she got cut this year. Um, but the talent level in the WNBA is, is amazing. One of the tweets that I saw yesterday was like the old school Lisa Leslie, Cynthia Cooper, Tina Thompson, you know, the, the original greats. If you were to take them and play the greats today, who would you take? I mean, and it's it's crazy in terms of the the talent level that's out there right now when you compare it with the all time greats. But it was it was a fun game. Um, you know, it's your typical all star game where defense is is way down on the totem pole. But at the same time, you know, you you give the fans what they want. They want to see people put the ball in the basket. I like the four point play. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought that was an interesting ad. I, there were times I was like, I wonder if they're shooting a little bit too much, but it's it's fun to watch when it does go in. Um, you know, and then Jewel Lloyd, man, she's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was I was excited to see her break the all time all star game scoring record where she put up thirty one. Uh, I think Kelsey Plum had shared that thirty with somebody else. I don't remember who the other one was that had thirty uh, previously. But yeah, it was it was entertainment. Yeah, I uh, so you liked the four point shot? I do. Really? I I don't know. I'm a, I I thought it was a little gimmicky myself. That was just me. Mm-hmm. That, was just, that was just me. Um, they what they end up making like five or six of them. Anescu had like three by herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to say. No, this is stupid. Don't ever do it again. That was just kind of my initial reaction to it. Um, I, you know, it's a great, it's a great opportunity to experiment with it and that type of thing. But um, you know, I, I was really uh, just, just the, the athleticism. Um, you know, like I said, Jewel Lloyd was was unbelievable. Kelsey Plum, yeah, you're, you're, you know, congratulations, Kelsey. You, you got the good side of the genetics from the family. So, um, so as Forrest Gump would say, we are not relation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I might have to do some editing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, it, it was, it was a good game. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a, it was fun to watch them shoot the hell out of it. I, I think that mm-hmm. just the, that step in the skill level, uh, did Griner have two dunks? Yeah, she had two dunks, one each half. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I thought it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was all right. It was, it was solid. The, the, the Inescu, I think the, the highlight of the weekend for me personally was the Inescu shooting display. That, that was. I would be in that boat. Yeah. So. 25 um, out of 27 on layups is impressive, much less from three-point land. Yeah, that's that's Tony Viss numbers right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 2.5 out of 27. What'd you say? 2.5 out of 27. <laughs> I, just, I, I only got a half a make there, thank you. So <laughs> It went in and out. <laughs> um, where, do we want, where do we want to go next, Tony? We got we got two other things to talk about. Uh we want to talk NBA, or do we want to talk the other thing? Uh, let's go NBA. Okay. We we have, uh, <laughs> it's not, as Tony said, it's not much of a list left when it comes to NBA free agents. We got Christian Wood, P.J. Washington, yeah. Kelly Oubre, Io Desenmu, Terrence Ross, T.J. Warren, Will Barton. 
of those players, Tony, who would you want to sign? You know, it kind of depends upon the team. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Kristen Wood is is what I would rank as the best of that lot. But here's the thing that makes me a little bit, I don't know if wishy-washy is the right thing to say with, with Kristen Wood, mm-hmm. but every team, regardless, good, bad, whatever, but every bad team has a leading score. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's Kristen Wood. Is he's a bad team's leading score? Um, I thought Dallas would be would be an interesting fit with him. Uh, you know, you had Luca, you had Kyrie. You could play that dunker position. I mean, don't get me wrong, Luca and Kyrie are going to get their shots, but they're both have decent assist numbers. And so I thought Christian Wood would put up better numbers for Dallas than what he did. And it, it, it says a lot that after a year, and then they get you know Derek Lively in a trade in the NBA draft that they're willing to let him go. Yeah. And so that, that stands out a little bit. Um, you know, the thing I go back to like Will Barton, you know, yeah. that was one of the names that you mentioned. If I'm Denver, Will Barton played in your system yep. and you just lost Bruce Brown. Yep. I would think that that would be a veteran minimum that you would want to get Will Barton. That would be an intriguing gift for me if I'm Denver. And then the other one P.J. Washington is a good, young, solid post guy. He can't be your, your best player or even your second or third best player. He might be your fourth or fifth best starter, maybe a guy that comes in off the bench. But he's another one I think is of value. But Will Barton, P.J. Washington, I would value a little bit higher than some of the other guys you mentioned, like a Christian Wood. Great minds think alike, Mr. Viss, and those were my top two guys as well. Um, if, if I were the Nuggets after losing Bruce Brown, and uh, Jeff Green, uh, these would be two guys that I would say, hey, why don't you come here for a year, play it on the cheap, and then make your money. But just just make your life a lot easier for the next 100 games or so playing with Jokic, and, and it's, it's going to be really, really simple for you. Um, and, and so I, I really like both of those guys. I, those were the top two guys on my list as well. I, I just think that they could... Uh, fit in in a lot of different places be good role players at this point you know the these are these are six to eight guys in your rotation uh that we're that we're looking at and uh so so that's who i would i would also go after as well so uh, i might take a flyer on io yeah Um, he's he's a young guy yep if i were if i were phoenix after after having traded Cameron Payne today, mm-hmm. Io might be a guy I look at, but here's the cautionary thing with Io. You know, Alonzo Ball didn't play in Chicago, and you had an, you had opportunity, and you weren't able to stick. I don't know if I would necessarily say it's his hometown team because he, but he played at Illinois. Yeah, um, and you know, obviously the Bulls could could bring you back, and they're not. Yeah, yep, uh, that would be a little bit of a red flag. Uh, I agree with you there. I still think he'd be worth a flyer. Uh, that, yeah. that 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 would be my deal. And, and if you know if he if he stinks, you you know it's not like you're giving him a four year, hundred million dollar contract or something like that, no. all guaranteed. But I'd give him a flyer. Um, if I were Phoenix, I, I would see. Yeah, and I think yeah. Will Barton would be a great fit. But it goes back. It's it's got to be a fit thing. Yep. You know, yep. and so I think those would be if I were advising those Kelly Oubre. I would stay away from with a ten foot pole. Mm-hmm. Um, just not not much interest in that one. I would stay away from Christian Wood with a ten foot pole as well too, because that talented. You know, I, I'm much of the Popovich. It's hard enough to coach the team, and it's hard enough to coach against the other team, and do all that stuff. I don't want to spend a whole ton of time uh, 
for lack of a better way of saying it, I don't want to do a bunch of time uh, babysitting and, and doing that type of stuff. If I've got to motivate you to play hard, then this just isn't going to work, you know? Yeah. And, and so I would is the one I would, I would stay away. He's, he's burned his way through multiple organizations. I kind of a classic, extremely talented, but there's quite a bit of baggage there as well. So uh, it, it seems to be anyway, obviously don't know the kid personally, mm-hmm. but, but that's, that's my read on the situation. And, and for if me, I were his agent, I would advise him to go back to Houston. Because that's where he played the best at was was Houston. But maybe, like you said, maybe he's burnt that bridge, and Houston's got a young core. But you know, that might be one where you need an adult, and he doesn't fit the adult. Well, and maybe Ime is saying ah, we're good without you. We're, we're yeah, because yeah. Ime, I think, was the the reason why they didn't go after James Harden. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think a thousand percent. I think he was like, if you want me to be your coach. This dude isn't going to be here. That's that's yeah. I've I've heard that on multiple podcasts. So um, I, I don't doubt that in the least, buddy. So um, last thing on our list, uh, Coach Huggins with the non uh, the non resignation resignation uh, in in all the presidents men they had the non denial denial uh, <laughs> is is this the non resignation resignation? Uh, what do you think here, buddy? Um, you know, it, it, somebody said that they have, I don't know if it's a video, but they have proof that he did resign. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I feel bad. I think Hugs is, is a, is a great guy in terms of like, you know, the relationship with the players. I still remember, can't think of the kid's name, the tore his ACL in the final four yep. and Huggins is out on the floor with yep. him. That to me is, is the epitome of Bobby Huggins. But unfortunately the other epitome is him getting himself in trouble off the court. Yeah. And, you know, I feel for him. He gave a lot to the University of West Virginia. He went back there. He made it a solid program, a respectable program again. Uh, but, dude, your assistant got it. The the guys, for the most part, I know Toussaint left, and I'm trying to think of the other guy that left as well and went to Kentucky. Um, but anyway, don't don't go and upset the apple cart again. Yeah. Let them move forward. Do yeah. do the honorable thing. Yeah, it's yeah it's it's you've kind of made your bed. You got to lie in it, and yep. it's a lesson that you've probably been trying to teach your young men. Mm-hmm. It's now time to model that. Yes, great way to say it, Tony. So I'm not even going to try and say anything else. I'm just going to leave it at that. So, uh, last thing here. Uh, obviously, you folks are listening to this uh, on a Monday. And I dropped a podcast already today. Uh, We are double dipping because uh, without going into a ton of detail, uh, I will kind of be out of touch with the world for a little while here. Uh, Nothing, nothing. It's actually very, very good, uh, but just uh, won't be uh, won't be doing any podcasting the the rest of the week and wanted to get this out before, uh, basically I'm just leaving my computer behind and, and, and doing some things here. Uh, and, and so, uh, we're, we're double dipping, uh, on this Monday where we've got our interview podcast this morning. Hopefully you heard that with coach Berg, uh, from O'Neill St. Mary's here in Nebraska. Uh, great coach, great gal. And, uh, and then, you know, Tony and I have, have followed up here a few hours later. So this is going to have to carry you through the rest of the week. But Tony and I do have a, a bit of a surprise. Uh, we are going to be in the same area code next week. 
and uh, we're going to try and, and do something face to face here. Uh, it might be thirty nine minutes of giggling like we're 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 six year olds, uh, but and then, and then six minutes of intelligent conversation or semi intelligent conversation. But I, I'm really excited for us to do something face to face, Tony. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. Like you said, it might be you know. 24 minutes of just laughing like we're sophomores in high school and five or six minutes of good stuff but it it will be it will be good it'll be unique yes it will be good so i I hope you folks have enjoyed this tony anything to add on our on our topic here today you know the, the big thing i would go in is when you go into your summer have goals in place like you said make them smart goals where they're measurable and then at the end of the summer sit down debrief with your staff and probably more importantly debrief with your athletes what was good what was bad and then sit back and listen and then adjust because that's just the key thing there's not a magical formula a magical whatever that's going to fit every team you have to be able to make adjustments and make it fit the current group that you have and that's one of the fun things about high school basketball it's never the same puzzle two times in a row yep absolutely absolutely and and i think kind of the biggest thing i want to tag on to that and i said it earlier Try to make it as tangible as possible. Have have as many measurable things as you can. Whether it's uh, your your your, and, and each program is going to be different. Each coach is going to have their different priorities. Shots made. Uh, have you increased your your bench press? Uh, has your vertical gotten better? What's your attendance? You know all these different things. Whatever you think is important, measure it. And if you think it's important, your kids are going to take it seriously. And if you're measuring it, they're going to take it even more seriously. So uh, every program is going to be different. Every coaching staff is going to be different. So keep those things in mind as well. So, uh, Tony, great discussion. Uh, can't wait to see you next week, buddy. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So um, Yeah, and have a, have a good good time yourself, taking some time to decompress and just uh, – you know, and find out who you are. Enjoy some time with your significant other. I will. I will. I, I feel bad for her that she has to spend that much time with me. So, um, she, she we all got her cross to bear. She, she did tell our kids, you know, uh, I may kill your father after this. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a part of a date line. I could see it. <laughs> I'm Chris Matthews. What happened to the podcasting basketball coach from Nebraska? <laughs> we don't know. Straight to the top, baby. <laughs> could, I, could, could I put in for Lester Holt to host it instead of Chris Matthews? Lester gives a lot more seriousness. He's some got gravity a, to it. He has a very stern face. He kind of furrows those <laughs> eyebrows does. a little bit. So. <laughs> Oh, we have gone off the rails. Like we have never gone off the rails before, and we've gone off the rails pretty good. So we're gonna end it before something really, really stupid happens. So episode forty-eight, measuring your summer success, coaches. As always, let's be sure to own our craft one day at a time.